everybody, and welcome <laughs> to a special Patreon-exclusive episode as we talk about all things Star Wars. Yes, we are well-versed in a galaxy far, far away with space stuff and <laughs> aliens and shit like that. Um, as always, I am one of these citizen dames, Kristen Lopez, here with Karen Peterson. Hi. Lauren Humphreys Brooks. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and Kimberly Pierce. Hello. Uh, and again, if you are listening to this exclusive Patreon episode, we thank you for your money more than anything, but also your time. And I'd like to start off by mentioning that I think all of us are sober. Yeah. Yeah, it's not... That might be important to remember. <laughs> yeah, that is. That is. I, I cannot uh, be. I mean... <laughs> Lauren, I, I finished Lauren. my TCM wine long ago. Oh, that's right. You were the only one that got to take it home. Um, yeah, I did not. Um, so regardless, we're talking about Star Wars um, in honor of Solo, a Star Wars story. We're actually going to be giving you our uh, review of Solo a little later in the show. Um, Is it in honor of Solo or yeah. just because of Solo? It's just because of Solo. Because In I... honor of Lando. In honor of Paul I, Bettany I and his tight space pants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a new Captain Tight Pants Heck in town. Yeah. Someone was auditioning for a Labyrinth sequel, and I supported the shit out of it. <laughs> um, anywho, we'll talk about that a little later. Um, but we have some... We're going to talk about, you know, our, our complex relationship to the Star Wars franchise and issues with Kathleen Kennedy and how I feel the BB-8 is in an abusive relationship with a man who does not appreciate him. Um, so where do we want to start, ladies? Karen, do you want to start with your fun game? Okay. That was <laughs> very, very enthusiastic. <laughs> I, I'm worried. She's ready for this. Yeah, really, she's been really excited okay. about this for like a week. Yeah. Just because I think it's funny, and but it's seriously going to, you guys are going to be like, that's it, that's dumb. Um, and this is going to take like two minutes probably, but no Googling. Uh-oh. Okay. No Googling. Fine. <laughs> we are playing real or fake Star Wars names. <laughs> Alrighty. So I'm going to give you a name. Okay. And uh, the first person to guess if it's real or fake wins. Well, whoever gets the most right. We'll keep score. Okay. Let me just get ready to keep score. <laughs> All right. Number one. We'll start with... Well, no. I'm not going to tell you if we're starting with an easy one or a hard one. Number one. Imad Nezitic. Fake. Real. I'll say real. It is fake. Ooh. <laughs> um, okay. Sean Valdez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna go off on a ledge and say real yeah real I'm gonna say fake it is real <laughs> next you're gonna tell me that Bob Jones who, is a real is, star Wars okay who is Sean Valdez that's, just Sean right. Valdez. that's what I wanna know <laughs> Sean Valdez was a Hoth rebel played by Joe Johnston in Empire Strikes Back. Of course he was. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you say that, of course. <laughs> Joe Johnston, I you know who that is. I totally remember Sean Valdez. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Like, he's my favorite character. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Let's see. Princess Leia. <laughs> Fake. <laughs> That's not real. <laughs> FN3181. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, real. Fake. I'm going to say fake. Real. God, 0 for 3. My God. (laughs) He was a stormtrooper played by composer Michael Giacchino in The Force Awakens. (laughs) I'm rapidly losing my nerd cred here. Michael Giacchino is my my composer dude. I love him. How did I not know this? Well, how do you not know that it's pronounced Giacchino? Because I've heard him pronounce his name. I've heard him pronounce his name Jakina multiple times. Holy shit! He pronounces his name wrong! (laughs) Okay, you know what? This just proves that when he was at TCM two years ago, I really missed an opportunity to be like, what is your last name? Seriously, dude, you gotta tell us once and for all. Yes. Definitively. (laughs) Alright. Um, Narak Nazratep. Fake. (laughs) Real. Fake? It is fake. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to go with ones that sound like they're from the mummy. The John Cruise one. <laughs> so that's been my mentality. So, so far, so far the, the weird names are not real. And the, the ones that seem like reasonable, like Bob Johnson. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, Bob, Bob Johnson is a native of Tatooine. <laughs> he was Luke's next door neighbor. He was played by Steven Spielberg's dad or something. <laughs> oh, this is so much fun. This is more, way more fun than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> All right. Chirrut Imwi. Okay, I think I think Cheerio is a real name. <laughs> I'm gonna say. See, fake. my head, my head is thinking real, so I'm gonna say fake. <laughs> Lauren, I, I said fake. Oh, you said fake. <laughs> um, that is real. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> That is the character played by Donnie Yen in Rogue One. Of course it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, I just called him mystical, fake, cripple blind guy. That's right. I'm one with the Force. The Force is with me. Yeah, no, that that character and I were not friends. We were not one. That guy who's like Tashiro Mifune and the other guy who's... Or no, he was, was like, what's his name? Um, uh, Zatuichi. Zatuichi. I'm yes. waiting for her to say Jai Courtney, real or fake. <laughs> <laughs> it's fake, obviously. It's not the same guy. Okay. Wedge Antilles. Real. 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 Okay, good. Thank you, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got one. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Netzerk Zipol. <laughs> Fake. Real. Fake. 
it is fake. God damn it. <laughs> so the, an- the answer is to just wait for Kim to answer and then say the opposite. Do the opposite. <laughs> um, Wicket. Oh, real. Oh, real. real. He's my favorite. <laughs> I had to give a shout out to Wicket. Oh, He's so Wicked. cute. They did a whole TV special just for him. Yeah, big movies. Um, they did a couple movies. Yeah, he was, but he's they also in, did a special a TV special. He's in Solo. It's a, it's, it feels like a slap to the face. <laughs> okay. Um, Ilremnik Ikriep. Okay, the fact she can't pronounce it makes me think it's real. Real. Fake. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, you're you got a good strategy. Yeah, she does. It is fake. (laughs) Yes, it's infallible. Karen made up names that she can't pronounce. I am gonna get drummed off of my site for this. Okay. (laughs) Nerual. Oh my gosh. Nerual Scorbseer from. <laughs> I'm not convinced that Karen didn't just think syllables and consonants. Let's put them all together. Just answer that. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's fake. Yeah. Life has no meaning right now. I think it's fake. I'm gonna say Kim? fake. <laughs> It is fake. Oh, thank God. Two right. Yay! (laughs) Okay, last one. Bib Fortuna. Real. That's way too real. Yeah, (laughs) real. That is super real. He was Jabba's translator in Return of the Jedi. Uh, I'm assuming his best friend was Bendy Straw Crinkle Fry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. At least I know the movie ones, damn it. So the winner is Lauren. Congratulations. The real Um, winner is Karen for coming up with some of those names. You want me to tell you my secret? Yes. It's all of our names spelled backwards. (laughs) (laughs) And that's our show. I quit. It's over. (laughs) It's over. I'm leaving. Oh, that was fun. Uh, oh, this is God. why I drink. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Who needs okay. drinking when you have this? Well, that, that leads to our, our first discussion point, which is, why do we not love Star Wars? <laughs> which is, I adore Star Wars. Okay. Thank you very well, much. Karen, since, since you are a, a fan, when did you first see the Star Wars franchise, and what do you think about it? Explain I yourself. first... My first introduction to the Star Wars franchise was in August of 1977. Aww. It was a balmy day. (laughs) I don't really remember the weather. All I know is that my parents couldn't find a babysitter, and they already had plans with friends, and they didn't want to cancel because they were excited because they had already seen the movie twice, and their friends hadn't seen it at all, and they were excited to take them, so they decided at the last minute to just bring me along. And... My mom, sell- my mom tells the story that I slept through most of the movie. And so they went like to the latest show possible so that I would. And I woke up right toward the end when they were having the big battle with the Death Star. 
and she thought, oh no, she's going to wake up, and she thought she was going to have to take me out because I would get scared, but instead, I sat up, and I started cheering, and I was excited, and I loved it, and so I literally have been a fan of Star Wars since the beginning, so there you go. But the first time I remember seeing Star Wars was Empire Strikes Back in 1981. I actually do remember being so confused when you find out that Darth Vader's Luke's father. And I was like, but that's not possible. He's the bad guy. <laughs> and I was four. Aww. So, yep. That's my experience learning about Star Wars. And then we had, like, bootlegged... Um, my dad had, had borrowed a VCR from work, and then we rented one from Blockbuster. <laughs> or no, not Blockbuster. It wasn't even there yet. Video City. And, um, yeah, so he made copies of the movies. And so we had, or the, the movie, there was only, uh, for a long time, the only one that was available was A New Hope. And so we watched that all the time. My brother and I used to watch that instead of Saturday morning cartoons. Like, we would get up Saturday morning. My mom had put out our bowls of cereal and we, and like, had poured cups of milk and left it in the fridge so we could just get up and pour the milk into the bowl. And then we'd just sit there and watch Star Wars. I, I, there's, it's literally impossible for me to calculate how many times I've seen A New Hope. So. Kim, what's your background with Star Wars? I hate it. As, as, a fan is for as long as I can remember. I mean, I've been more critical of it lately, but I remember. I mean, I, I can't even tell you when I first saw it. I remember that we had a New Hope, a, a New Hope. I remember specifically um, on a recorded VHS. It before we even really started collecting VHS. So this would have had to have been the early '90s. Um, to date it, I remember there was a trailer like right before it for Down and Out in Beverly Hills. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why I remember this, but I do. And That's so awesome. I've always been a fan that I can remember. I mean, and it's Empire was always my favorite. And, you know, Luke was cute. And uh, I was of the perfect age, actually, for the special, the or the first theatrical re-release, so I think that was like 97. I was 10 or 11, and I remember doing birthday, my, a birthday party that year, I took everybody to see Star Wars, and just how cool that was, the first, you know, the crawl, and somebody brought a lightsaber with them to the theater, and it was really before we had it was really the beginning, I would say, of that nerd culture revival. And that was really the best memories I've had of it. And I mean, then we had the prequels and I was young enough. I was still in, you know, it's, I chuckled at Jar Jar Banks. I admit it. And so it's always been a part of my life. Lauren? Uh, con contrary to popular belief, I do not hate Star Wars. Um... <laughs> I, I think that the first the first thing the first time I remember really seeing it was um, my parents had a VHS copy of Empire Strikes Back, and for some reason that was the only one that they bought, which I always confused me because I was of the age where I got very 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 upset when Han Solo gets frozen in carbonite at the end of that film, and I used to I remember I used to make my parents go out and rent. Return of the Jedi so that I could see Han Solo like come back to life and be reassured that he was okay. 
Um, so that was like my sort of introduction to Star Wars. And then I actually, we were talking about this earlier, but I actually do remember seeing the, I guess that they were TV movies, the Moon um, Moons of Endor mm-hmm. and Caravan yep. of Courage, uh, which are the yep. two Ewok films. So I actually, I was the right age. I love the Ewoks. You know, I loved like, I, I always thought that they were very cool. I still think that they're very cool. I don't know why people don't like the Ewoks. Um, so I really love the original trilogy. I remember when the special editions came out and getting to go see them in the movie theaters and like actually seeing, and some of those shots are just so cool to see on a big screen. Uh, so I, I, I very much like Star Wars. I mean, more recently, obviously the prequels are terrible. <laughs> like there's no, I, I, I know one person that will defend the prequels completely. Like she will actually be like, no, 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 you you don't understand. This is okay. This isn't that bad. And I'm like, no, it, they kind of are actually. Um, They're really terrible. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, they are. But um, but I'm, I've actually been enjoying a lot of the more the more recent ones. I really liked the the last Jedi, and I, the Force Awakens was fine. Uh, Rogue One was fine. You know, we'll see about Solo. But uh, <laughs> I, I actually have fairly warm feelings about Star Wars, particularly about the original ones and just the sort of grittiness and you know the use, using Muppets and kind of some really great cgi and really terrible cgi uh and i like that there's there's something very real about them yeah i want to just i want to say too just to um just to expand on what lauren just said about the ewoks i get really tired of people complaining that that characters or 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 creatures are introduced to star wars just for merchandising purposes directors don't do that writers don't do that if they're putting something in it's because they think it'll look cool and work for their story it's not because they're thinking about the company making a bunch of money and when return of the jedi came out with the you know i mean yeah they're they definitely did market the ewoks because they had the opportunity to do so but the ewoks weren't included in the movie because of future like oh we're gonna sell a whole bunch of toys of these and that and the porgs weren't added to the last jedi because they're thinking about the, how they're gonna be able to sell a billion stuffed porgs but they like, sold a billion stuffed porgs to me they because I loved did them. and i bought one <laughs> <laughs> and and they're adorable and they're awesome but that's not the reason they exist and i'm tired of people claiming yeah. that that's why these things are being included well they, they do say though that they were supposed to be wookies is the story i've always heard the por- hmm. the porgs are the ewoks uh, the ewoks <laughs> well I, Interesting. yeah i mean they they kind of i mean they're they're wookie kind of with some of the letters you know a few letters chopped off and rearranged and stuff like that one of one of the things i honestly always liked about the ewoks even as a kid and i i still like it now is that they're these little primitive teddy bears who fight and win against the empire against like these massive machines and people with guns and blasters, and they're using like these these you know rocks and logs and sticks. And I always loved that battle um, mm-hmm. in the movie because it was these little these little guys that ever that no one even paid attention to, that everybody underestimated. That you know, like the Empire didn't even think about them, and they right. beat the crap out of everybody. And they win. They are like instrumental in in uh destroying the empire at the end of all of it and i always liked that i thought that that was very cool that you've got this these little little teddy bears who are just like oh we're gonna destroy you and i i enjoyed that 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I think that that's you actually just touched on something that we talk about all the time on this podcast of people being underestimated and marginalized because they, you know, people make assumptions about who they are and what they're capable of, and they're you know the Ewoks are actually a perfect example of this group that you know everyone just assumes they're just nothing they're you know what can they do and they help bring down the empire in a very tangible way and very creative ways so so yep. for me my <laughs> star wars backstory is um less than most people's um i didn't care about star wars at all I could have probably gone Until through life... Until a certain pilot joined the rebellion. <laughs> I could have gone through life having never seen a Star Wars movie in my life, and I would have been okay. And then Kathleen Kennedy realized Kristen wasn't watching these movies. Yes, I believe that she she did this on purpose. Um, and when they said Oscar Isaac was going to be in Force Awakens, I was like, well... I need to go see this movie. But then everybody told me, and a certain podcaster that Karen and I know, said that I could not go see the other movie if I was not well-versed in the original trilogy. And I was like, okay. You have to know your film history, Kristen. Star Wars is not film history, though. (laughs) Yes, it is. Uh, It goes back to the 70s, so yes. It is. It is. It is a seminal sci-fi. I mean, when you come down to it, it is very important in the building of blockbusters in the United States. Yes, that is film George Lucas and his Joseph Campbell hero's journey. Yeah, whatever. Okay, the point is, is I went back. So Force Awakens came out in what, 15? 2015? Sounds right. Um, Yeah. So that's when I saw the original trilogy, all the way to 2015. Um, I watched all of them, and I was like, oh, that's okay. Those are fine. I mean, they are what they are. Um, I mean, Carrie Fisher's like, bamf, I love her. Um, But I haven't watched them again since. Um, And then since then, I've seen the new stuff. So I like Force Awakens. Um, I really, really love Last Jedi, even though um, it has the biggest coyote ugly bait and switch I've ever seen in my life, and I'm still very upset by it. Um, Rogue One sucked, um, and Solo blows. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> really, really, these movies are very hit or miss, and I have not seen the prequels. I'm not going to go see the prequels. I've been Don't told by everybody what I need to know, so <laughs> I'm good there. Um, so I, when, I, when I tell people I am the worst Star Wars fan the worst person to write about these things i'm not lying i really am can't even be called the worst star wars fan because you're not a fan that's very true so i am the worst person to be on this show right now just in general there's, talking about there's some that. real scum and villainy in that fandom so you're <laughs> you're doing okay yeah so i mean but but i think what i really like and say what you will about last jedi ruins your childhood and oh my god everything sucks um, uh, Michelle Butchman, who wrote writes for Nerdist, who's got something tapping. Sorry, I keep hearing something. I don't hear it right now. Um, who works for Nerdist did a whole essay about old Hollywood connections from the Last Jedi, and it's great. And it does make me appreciate what people are doing in terms of trying to connect these back to older movies. So, I mean, I like that. That's that's good. There's Yay. a lot of work being done with that. I mean, I know a gentleman here based out of Denver who every year at our Comic-Con will put on a presentation showing just showing George Lucas's inspirations when he did it. 
you know, the shots from Seven Samurai, the, sh um, the shots from, the, what is it, the Dam Busters, that Lucas very quite straightforward homaged in the movie. There's some huge references there. Homage, stole, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the entirety of Hidden Fortress. Uh... Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, I guess that brings up, we've talked about uh, on the podcast in the history of Citizen Dame a fair amount of time about how white male the, uh, the Star Wars films are, even though we're getting better with character, um, you know, because we have Rey and, and we have Finn and Poe and, and all of that, but the behind the scenes... It's still very white man. Um, although the new one, episode nine, is going to have a um, black female director of photography, or what is it, a director of photography or assistant Isn't director? She a first assistant director. First assistant director, um, which I love how we're acting like that's like a huge coup. Um, and we still have the announcement that comes out today that James Mangold is going to direct a Boba Fett movie. Are, are you uh, done? Are, are there any more white males? No, I have. What have I Can told you? Find you? any more? What have I said? When she runs out of established white male directors, they're going to be in the Lucasfilm meeting. I can see it now. She's going to be all, okay. Who's our guy? And they're going to be all Kathleen. We like ran out of white dudes, and she's going to be all, hey, you guy over there. What's your name? Chuck. Chuck the janitor. You get seven hundred million dollars to go make Star Wars movie right now. Well, That's what's gonna that. happen. There is the only first two one... directors of Solo. <laughs> there you go. That was um, a burn. And the original director of Episode Nine. Yep, that one too. Um, <laughs> he who shall not be only, named. There's only one more white male director that I will accept, and it's someone who I've always dreamed of directing a Star Wars movie. Does his name rhyme never with? Has. Does his name rhyme with Steven Spielberg? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Really? That's what you I figured. Me. I would. I've always wanted Spielberg to direct a Star Wars film. I know he never will. Anybody besides him, screw it. Like, stop with the men. Stop with the white men. Like, diversify a little bit here. And yes, some of them are doing great. Ryan Johnson did a fantastic job. I liked what J.J. Abrams did. It's not the fact that it's not... I'm not saying that the white men can't do it and do it well. I'm saying that I just don't want them to anymore. I want somebody else to have a go. Well, and, and what have we always said? It's very easy to cast diversity. It's another thing to actually let diverse people helm your movie. And mm -hmm. Star Wars is one of those, we think they're too big to fail. But after two spinoff movies that have kind of sucked with obvious behind-the-scenes problems involving white male directors, like... You can't honestly go wrong at this point with a woman or oh, a person of color behind the wheel. I just posted my review today, and one of my last lines is, Has, have we hit Star Wars saturation yet? Right. I mean, much of my solo review was like, you can see the, the problems from, I mean, this solo, I think, is just them trying desperately to paper over obvious flaws and stuff that they just didn't have. Um, so, I mean, yeah, for, for Kathleen Kennedy to still stand by the adage that a woman is not ready to handle something of that magnitude, it, it's, it's just bullshit. like, yeah. yeah, it is. It's just her really trying so desperately to ignore these problems. Yeah, I just, I don't even know what to say anymore about it. Because well, who? Oh, go on. Every time, well, every time this stuff comes up, it's like, you know, we, everybody, not everybody, because there are a bunch of jackasses out there who are like, yay whatever you know it's cool 
and who cares about diversity? But, you know, a large majority of us are saying, dude, Kathleen, come on, are you being serious? And every time I think, well, next time maybe she'll get it right. And then she doesn't, she fucks it up again. It's like, I, I feel like she's doing this intentionally. I don't know any other explanation at this yeah, point. It, it really, it almost I, feels like a running joke. Like, it does. Being, yeah. Oh my God, they found another white guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. if, if what she's up to is trying to, you know, there's there's a part of me that's like, is she trying to, like, sort of tamp down any possible backlash from the, from the douchebag white male fans? Like, I mean, we've seen the way that they've treated Ryan Johnson. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not, it isn't like that these guys are going to, these guys are not going to like anything, basically. Unless no, they is, won't. Unless it is completely in line with exactly what they want to see out of Star Wars. Which probably is, it just isn't like, not, and not the way the um, that the main tentpole films are going, not like the spinoffs. Uh, right. So well, then, whoever she's trying to please, it's not. It isn't going to happen. So she might as well start hiring women and people of color. Just to hell with it. Mm-hmm. Well, and to show the the fanboys weren't happy with last or um, Force Awakens, be, and that was people have shown that was not shot for shot, but that was basically a New Hope. You yeah. know, and they still had problems with what Abrams, the very good work that Abrams was doing. They're not going to be happy. They never are going to be happy. Well, honestly, a lot of the reason they didn't like Force Awakens was right. because it was so much like New Hope. But I actually thought that, that was brilliant because <laughs> I knew that they were going to take it in a different spin. So that's actually that yeah. was one of the things I didn't like about First Awakens <laughs> I got halfway through that movie and I was like wait a minute this is just the other movie that I've already seen only it's slightly different okay Mega Death Star see, I... <laughs> well, I, I did think the Starkiller base name was really stupid but I liked what they were doing because I knew that they were going that was building up but it was not going to just follow the content, the complete arc of the original trilogy I knew that it was setting things up in a way that was familiar, but getting ready to go in a completely different direction. So I was excited about I, it. I will tell you, I just love how Oscar Isaac says Starkiller Base, because he says it so seriously, but you know <laughs> he knows that it sounds fucking stupid. Um, it's the Starkiller so, Base. Just like, no. Yeah. Well, it's because that was Luke Skywalker's original last name. It was yeah. supposed to be Luke Starkiller. So I know. I read the three hundred some odd page biography about George Lucas. Okay, I I know. Um, but General but, Hux thought up Star Killer, so I can't knock it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think we've we've brought this up before. But who do we think will be the first female down the line? This could be in twenty years, for all we know. But I'm hoping it's not. I mean, a lot of people say, "Oh, Ava DuVernay is going to be the first. She's going to be the first. Do you really think they go with? someone like her to, you know who to, I could see doing it if they decided they really wanted to be serious about it is someone like Patty Jenkins yeah, I yeah. Do, I'd second that Ooh, PJ. but then I wonder if they would be like oh it's conflicts with DC and all of that Disney only beats. if she's under a major contract that's with true Warner. after, after uh, Wonder Woman 2 who knows what's going to happen I just say I throw out my, my girl all the time just give it to me a letter like that's cool 
I don't care. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, I think that Sophia Coppola. I, I think it doesn't even really matter. Sophia Coppola it, would be fantastic. Oh, she would never direct a Star Wars movie. That would physically make her ill. I'm sure. I think um, we need a writer first and a story, and then we take that and go, okay, which director is best for this? Yeah, Just right. let Sophia Coppola write. That's a why Star it Wars drives movie. me nuts when they're like, oh, we're gonna have a Boba Fett story, and it's gonna be directed by James Mangold. Like, okay. What direction do you want this story to go? He might not be the best choice for it. Or he might be. Who knows? But Boba let's have Fett's a story a... before we start directing it. Boba Fett is a terrible choice for a character. Ugh, and I am so beyond stupid. pissed off that they I even... don't need his backstory. I, I don't need to know anything that. else about him. Yeah. Um, it's... And I think what stuck in my craw the most was I'd been... There'd been a lot of conversation on my Twitter timeline with everybody going, Ooh, Princess Leia prequel. You know, okay, I could, you know, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily like it, but I would actually enjoy that. I would go see that. And then to have the next day a fucking Boba Fett movie announced. Boba Fett is a joke of a character. He's barely, he's, he makes me so angry. And the fact that, okay, we're going to give him a fucking, you know, him a fucking spinoff movie now. It's, Disney needs to stop throwing shit at the wall and they need to figure out which direction they're going to take this. They plotted, plotted things out so smoothly with Marvel, but now they have so much ground and so, te- so much territory with Star Wars that it feels like they're just throwing shit to see what sticks. Well, it's, it's no different than Marvel with, you know, Black Widow. They've been asking, we've been asking for a Black Widow movie for how long? And it still hasn't but happened. They, but what, what, I was, what I was saying, though, is they plotted out that universe to such True. an extent. And beyond the trilogy, beyond 7, 8, 9, they don't feel like they're plotting out Jack. They just, it's like, okay, we're, we're give Han a movie. We'll give Obi-Wan a movie. We'll give Boba Fett a movie. It's like, come, there's... There's thousands of years of Star Wars lore and continuity there. I mean, there's so much territory that they could use. Why are we dredging up the same tired stuff? Especially if the movie's going to be the quality of what they just released. Yeah, and I think that with these trilogies that they're doing with Ryan Johnson, with Benioff and Weiss, I think they are going to have those mapped out. But I completely agree with you that these standalone Star Wars story spin-off things. It's it's so weird because it does it does feel like they're just like, "Oh, hey, people like this character. Let's give them their own movie." They already had their own movie. They've already shown up exactly when and where they needed to. And like, we'll talk more specifically about Solo in a minute, but when I was watching Solo, the thing that I kept thinking about was how I didn't need to know any of this stuff about Han. Like, it didn't really interest me, and it was answering questions I never actually had. But what I thought would have been a potentially interesting way to go was to focus it on someone like um, Woody Harrelson's character, where it's this person you don't know anything about, you've never been introduced to him anywhere in the Star Wars films at all, you don't know anything. He's just some dude out there in the galaxy trying to earn a living under the Empire. And you can tell those kinds of stories that are not connected to, directly to the exactly. Skywalker legend. And they're just interesting stories about other people that are experiencing this. 
Yep. Yep. That's that's what I say. I'm I'm still on the kick of having Sofia Coppola write a Star Wars movie. There'd be so much on we. There'd be so much on we, and it would be fantastic. Okay. Leia's entire childhood. It gets into my later thoughts on Solo, but I completely agree with you, Karen, because there was no dramatic stakes in that film you know your main characters are going to survive it was you know what are you supposed to get invested in when you know your main characters are going to live through it and the rest of your characters are shit space Mm -hmm. capes (laughs) (laughs) that's what i was invested in um yeah i i you know it's just it's it's laughable to me that we're getting these characters that i think are purely built to service the fanboys not not necessarily getting new people into the Star Wars universe, but to appease the ones that have, have been there. And I don't necessarily know if that's the right route to take. Well, and we... well I think you have to kind of go both directions. I, I think that there's room for both. You can pay fan service while also giving new people a reason to join in. Well, well, speaking of, let's. Are, well, I think Lauren I, I was, was going to say, say something. Didn't we already get like some of the Boba Fett backstory with the original, with the prequels. Yeah. So in episode two. Yeah. So we got a whole bunch. Of, like I hardly remember it because that was such a bad movie, but we got all that stuff. And then at the end of the day, Boba. He's a clone that his dad decided to keep. It was the one guy yeah. he didn't turn into a stormtrooper. And, and clone. And then it's like, I mean, Boba Fett dies by like getting. Han accidentally knocks him off of a thing into the mouth of a worm. Like, exactly. that's how he dies. Like, so we're gonna get this movie about, like, I presume we're gonna, we're supposed to care about the character, probably, when, when the movie comes out. But just like, and then, like, you know, 20 years later, oh, he falls into a worm gut. Like, that's how it's all gonna end. It's just like, that's that's the least romantic, like... I, I did see someone who suggested that, like, they wanted it to be, like, a Cannonball Run kind of bounty hunter movie where I everybody is s- going... I saw that tweet, too. Where everybody yes, is going but, yeah. after the same object and Boba Fett is just, like, a complete moron. Um, yes, I saw that Like, tweet. a terrible bounty hunter. Oh my and gosh, that would be so funny. Played by Taika Waititi. Uh, yes. I actually thought of Taika as soon as I heard they were doing this. I was like, oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> and that that was one where I was like, I would totally see that. You know, if you do that, yes. I will see that movie. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. and I hate to say it, but the, okay, so they just brought on Mangold, who, yes, is right now is doing some damn good work. But what did Mangold just do? Wolverine. They yeah. are going to... This really s- seems to me that Disney's probably... He's going to do Wolverine again, just with Boba Fett. They're going to try and do this dark, gritty Boba Fett tale. Oh, yeah. People are already saying, like, oh, maybe we'll finally get an R-rated Star Wars movie. It's like, okay, first of all, I do not want that. Because these were always intended to be family movies. They were for kids. I don't want to turn this into an R-rated thing. Go do something else in another franchise if you want to do Dude, that. Dude, we don't need Logan Mangold. Obviously, we need to make a movie about young Leia that's like Kate and Leopold Kate Mangold. Leopold that's Mangold. what I want. <laughs> <laughs> that's been my thing. Like, I'm not necessarily asking, honestly, for a Leia movie either. 
But if they're gonna do one of these backstory type movies, I'd much rather see her exactly this daughter of a general rise up and lead a rebellion. How did that happen? Like that's the only backstory that remotely interests me. That's a, a more interesting princess. backstory than Boba fucking Fett. She is a spy princess, exactly. I wanna I am I, okay with that. I'd like to know more about that. But I'm also not asking for that. I'd rather just see other stories about different people. Well, that brings us to favorite and least favorite characters. This is a section where we can <laughs> rail about people we hate, talk about people we love. This is what I call the thirst section. Um, Let's just not even bother because we all agree that Jar Jar Binks is the worst. So I have not seen there. that movie, so I've avoided that. So I'm just going to take your word okay. for it. I have, seen, I have seen clips of Hayden Christensen trying to emote. He's also <laughs> bad. He's not great. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, okay, before we had Kylo Ren shirtless with his, uh, his whole, like, tweeting sadness, uh, opposite Ray, we had Hayden Christensen in his, like, perpetual cry face. I, I was 14 years old for the, what was the third one? I, you have no idea the things that did to me at that age. <laughs> really? You were seduced by Hayden Christensen's long blonde locks and his- Oh, I I found evil almost to the dark side be- before he got quite so cry towards the end, right? <laughs> before, I mean, after sand, it's rough and coarse, it gets everywhere, and before the lava fight, I, I hate to say it, evil killing the younglings, you know, Anakin, I, I was intrigued. That was we my bad boy face. We learned something wow. about Kim today. Yeah, we and did. Love she it. loves people that murder children. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes that's the only thing that they, you know what, you guys can bond over. I mean, I, I'm not going to judge that. Okay, <laughs> I have, I have issues too with my man. Okay, <laughs> God. But how I many mean, of that, them that have murdered away, children? How many of them have murdered children? Um. Gary, Gary Oldman back in the day. I mean, if you're going off the professional, all of that's well, a horrible okay, statement that. to make at this juncture uh, in time. But, yeah. but, seventeen year old Kristen was really fucking into it. Um, anywho, <laughs> anywho, um, Karen, I'm hearing that tapping again. Might be. Is it that? Nope. It sounds like someone's bumping their mic. Um, I mean, my air conditioning's on, so it does give vibration. Mind. I wonder if that might be it. No, it specifically sounds like someone's tapping their microphone. Could that be it? Nope. It's not going right now. I don't know. Anywho. Um, so, Karen, favorite, least favorite characters? Just just feel free to talk about characters. Um, you know, I'm not going to focus on the negative. I'm just going to talk about characters I love. Um, because I love a lot of characters. I mean, obviously, the original three. I love Han and Luke and Leia. Now, Luke is very whiny. Yeah. 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 In New Hope and in Empire Strikes Back. But I really like the way that you see that progression in him. I think it's interesting to watch and how as the movies go on, his outfits get darker. He goes from wearing white to wearing black. I think it's it's really interesting. And I like the way he just kind of got shit done in the end. And, um, Yeah. And Han, I mean, he's Han. He's he's fun. He's lovable. Before you know all the backstory about him, um, <laughs> but he's just delightful. And then, I mean, 
Princess Leia. When I was a kid, people asked me who my favorite princess was. I said Princess Leia. I've always loved her. I always looked up to her. I was. I'm so glad to have gotten to grow up with her as, as a character to admire. I mean, I talk about how I love people who say what's on their mind and they don't let anyone tell them to just shut up. And she's that's very much Princess Leia, you know. And and to see what happened with her and even though we don't know what happened in the 30 years between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens to get to see that she worked her way up and became the general and was was leading everybody and was in charge and it's just it's cool I like I like her story and I just I love her and part of the reason I love her so much is because of Carrie Fisher and and it's it makes me sad now every time I see her on screen because I'm just like ugh just it's such a I mean I grew up with her so it's hard to I miss her so um yeah um Carrie Fisher is one of those I I I think she's great and you you only get a real appreciation I think of her what she does in those movies if you know what she said about those movies after the fact Mm -hmm. like I don't know if anybody's seen her her HBO special wishful drinking Yes. Where she talked about... I listened yes. to her audio book, The Diaries of a Princess. Yes, and mm-hmm. she's talking about how, you know, back when she made the first film, she wasn't able to wear a bra because George Lucas said there were no bras in space. And, right. <laughs> and she wasn't able to wear one, so she was, like, having to be uncomfortable in this dress that, like, highlights everything. Um, and, and I love that she was such a good sport about it, which only mm-hmm. pisses me off when you see something like Bright Lights and you find out that they put her on an exercise regimen to make Force Awakens. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. you don't see the the dudes having to worry about that. Um, but I love what they did with the character, modernizing it to the, uh, the modern day. So she wasn't just the princess, she's also a general, and she gets to lead men, and she gets to slap Oscar Isaac's beautiful face and say cockpit in a way that sounds really derogatory, in a way that I can only think, I can only think that she was like, I have a line I really want to put in this movie, and you're gonna put it I'm in the movie. Positive, I'm yes, positive, yes. I'm positive that was her. She must have told them, like, no, you're gonna put this in. You're gonna put it in, or you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it in the moment, and I'm not gonna do retake, so you can't retake it. Boom. Um, and it's great. It's great. I love I love what she did with the character. Um, and I'm sad that we're never going to get to see where that character goes further. But mm-hmm. we could go back if they weren't stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Lauren, but... favorite, least favorite characters you want to bring up? Uh, I think I think that I'm pretty much along with everyone else. I mean, I, I love Princess Leia. I actually didn't like Princess Leia that much when I was younger. I thought she was kind of annoying. And and I, I thought she was very mean to, to Luke and Han, especially in the first movie. And, and then again in the second one. And then you grew up and learned. Yeah, and then I grew up and I was just like, oh, no, I admire this a lot more. Like, you know, the, and then we learned that they were supposed, they're brother and sister, and those, those weird <laughs> smooches were just gross. Well, and it's just such a power move that, you know, this, this woman gets saved, and the, her first reaction to being saved is just like, man, you're short. Like, I mean, that's, that's just like, it's just like, oh, you guys suck at this. Fine, give me the gun. Like, uh-huh. it, you know, I, I like the fact that even though, yeah, she she becomes a general and everything in, in later years, I she's still a total badass, right, right from the start. 
you know, she stands on, she stands up to Vader and she looks up at her just like, man, you reek. Like, I, I don't like you. You're a jerk. She lies to him. You know, all of that stuff is just, um, is really great. And I, I always really liked the relationship between Han and Leia. That was actually one of the things I didn't like at all about um, The Force Awakens. I didn't like the sort of, um, oh, he wasn't a good father, he wasn't a good husband, or anything like they were, that. They were the divorced parents brought back together because they were having trouble, and you're like, God, I don't want to be reminded that my yeah, parents are I, human. I never I never really liked I mean, there were some... The, the scene between the two of them was lovely, and I think that it was very well acted and everything, but I still felt like I was like, no, these these two were really in love with each other, and not just... It didn't make sense. It didn't make sense for the arcs of their characters to me. But that was also just maybe just the romantic in me. Um, but I, I always liked that. I liked I liked the fact that she saves him in Return of the Jedi, and um, and that she then strangles Jabba with the chain that he binds her with. You know, all of that stuff. It's very cool, and uh, and she's def- her and Han are definitely the two best parts of the series for me. Yeah, for me, I mean, I, I like what everybody said about Leia. She's probably the, the character from the original trilogy that I like. Um, but I gotta bring up the character from the modern trilogy that I like, which is BB-8. I was gonna say Porgs, and then I was gonna say Oscar <laughs> Isaac, but then I said BB-8. So BB-8 is my favorite character of the franchise, because I feel that there is a Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf-esque storyline just waiting to be told about BB-8, um, because, I mean, let's face it, he traverses the entire, like, planet or whatever in Force Awakens with that little thingy, the little map piece that they need, right? Okay? He, like, almost dies, has to deal with Daisy Ridley and John Boyega, who, you know, he's got to save them and everything, comes back, saves the day, saves the little map piece, and what the fuck happens? His man totally bypasses him to go hang out with another dude. What the hell? Okay. Poor, I know everybody loves it. Everybody ships it. Okay. Everybody gifts the lip bite and all of that. No. I was sitting there with BB-8 looking at the two of them like, what the, what the fuck just happened here? Okay. BB-8 <laughs> just almost died. Okay. He, he's been with you through thick and thin. Okay. And you just ignore him. To go hang out with some other dude that he doesn't even know you met, okay? What the hell? What the hell? And that continues in Last Jedi, okay? Where they obviously are on a very, you know, rocky relationship. And at the end of the movie, what happens? Poe tells him, like, baby, it was always you. And (laughs) BB-8 goes back to him. I mean, I understand that poor little droid's conundrum. He likes to be hurt. Exactly! We, don't we all? Okay, so I have I have a, 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 a dream in my head. If they ever want to make the BB-8 a droid scoring story, okay? It would just be him and Poe, how he put Poe through flight school while BB-8's working two jobs. <laughs> and this is the shit that happens to him, okay? God. It's like, what's love got to do with it? Space edition, okay? I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. It would be fantastic. So BB-8 is my, my favorite, if only because I come up with really intriguing backstory for him. Um, and Oscar Isaac is adorable, but yeah, it's all about BB-8. It's all about BB-8 for me. That poor, that poor little droid gets such shit. <laughs> so, so I've got to follow that. Um, 
Um, I, you know, I can't duplicate or equal what everyone else has said about Leia. I mean, ultimately, Carrie Fisher dying absolutely broke me, and that took a long time to get past. I know that was a, she was a huge character for me. Um, I can remember going back, you know, watching it in the early times. Just she was, for me, she was that quintessential action lead for, you know, female lead for a long time. You know, looking at her in comparison, she always leapt out to me in comparison of, you know, in comparing to, you know, Ripley. I liked Princess Leia because she got to be a little more feminine. She got to be a little more girly. She liked, you know, she got to get the guy. You know, it wasn't, I never had a connection with a Ripley or a Sarah Connor. I had that connection with Carrie Fisher's Princess Leia. So that, I mean... In, from the heartfelt part, part that was definitely my favorite character. But now I'm going to turn it to thirst because that's where my head's been lately. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I said what I said about Anakin earlier. I have to throw out one one of my you know I've I've got a couple spanning you know so, so a couple characters. Um, continuing with the villains, I mean you guys will all know there's Hux. You know Hux and I we have a very close relationship and. There, there may have been some what, looking at Kylo Hux stuff on Tumblr, but, you know, Hux is my boy. But then my weird one, and I don't know what about this character ever jumped out to me, but it's been with me since I was... Bib Fortuna! Wedge. <laughs> <laughs> wedge. All about Wedge. I love Wedge. I love Wedge and Tilly. <laughs> just that was those were always my favorite parts of the, the fight the fight scenes whenever you got to see wedge in the cockpit i have mm-hmm. such a schoolgirl crush on him and i have no <laughs> idea why i thought she was gonna say sean valdez for a moment <laughs> 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 you know surprised to hear you say the the Gleason one okay even though he's got like a gallon of makeup on his face in the entire movie okay See, I want to I am the the only thing I did not like about Last Jedi I want to know why Ryan Johnson did that to me what did he do to <laughs> what did he do to my boy he looks so different between number one and number two he because looks all the they knew the only one that was allowed to get all the hot stuff was was Adam Driver. <laughs> Hux needs, you know, they're, if they're giving goddamn, you know, Boba Fett a movie, they need to give Hux his own movie too. <laughs> they need to give us our domestic dramas, okay? We could get a Hux movie. We could get BB-8 and Poe, okay? I I still have in my. I think that Hux is looking a little pale and sickly because he's sad that Kylo Ren obviously likes. Ray more than him. That's true. <laughs> See, there's, there's, a, there's the there. movie right there, that love triangle. There's the story, okay? That would be... And, and it's also right next to my story, my movie about uh, Poe, Justin Thoreau, and a Porg commandeering one of Jeff Goldblum's space orgy ships from Thor Ragnarok and having a conversation and adventures on it. And maybe and what orgies. Is this enti- I don't really know. There should be a title for this. I... I... <laughs> I haven't really come up with one yet. I just know the tagline is Porgs Poe and Justin Thoreau. So <laughs> I think it sounds great. Um, Hollywood, again, you're welcome. You're welcome to have that story. Um, 
No, I, you know, I like how, especially Last Jedi, I think really, really bought into the Thirst movement. Mm-hmm. Because I obviously the the Kylo thing, which is still the funniest, like I'm still so disturbed by the fact that I felt things. <laughs> I, I it's so gazy, and I was thinking like I'm not feeling anything. What does this say about my sexuality? Because like, I know it's supposed to say something, but I'm just not feeling it for this dude. I'm not really getting it. Um, I was more concerned about Oscar Isaac and his toxic masculinity that I was like, dude, the more angry you get and the poutier your face looks, the more I just want to, like, jump on you right now, okay? <laughs> you, you need to stop this, okay? And then Justin Theroux showed up and I was all, nope, never mind. Um, so Justin Theroux's here. I love you, Oscar Isaac, but you can fuck right off because that man is gorgeous. Um, so I appreciate, I appreciate Ryan Johnson being like, you know what? Ladies need to be able to get a little lust in this franchise. I'm gonna give it mm -hmm. to him. Mm -hmm. But he did not need to give me Benicio del Toro because I was not a I was not a happy camper about that. Not happy. <laughs> still not still not happy. Um. So let's. I hope Josh Brolin kills him. In, Holy uh, shit! <laughs> yes, I thought you were gonna say Josh Brolin should be in a Star Wars movie, and I also say holy shit oh. yes. I don't know who he, he could, plays. I would be Smiller. okay with that. A naked I, I, smuggler with a fish. He could be exactly. <laughs> he could be BB-8's ex, okay? Who's like oh my God. the reason that? Yeah, it could be the whole love triangle thing again. Hollywood giving you ideas. Just let me sit on the set and take it all in, okay? Oh and... my gosh, Lauren, that was great. <laughs> Did I miss something mean? You missed something brilliant. Okay, I'm going to have to listen to this again, aren't I, afterwards, <laughs> just to catch it. I'm trying to think well, about her. <laughs> we need to talk about Solo. Why? Do we? Yeah, yeah, we do. We do. It was um, terrible. So... I hated it. Man, I was just so... Lauren actually so saw it. <gasps> so, so we're going to talk about Solo. Um, We're going to talk spoilers, because it's Patreon. We can do whatever the hell we want. So, if you don't want to know spoilers about Solo, get to the end. Um, you've been warned. If you don't want to know spoilers about Solo, he lives. Yeah, exactly. Spoiler <laughs> yeah. alert. And so does Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah. Chewbacca lives. Shot. I thought that he died uh, in the <laughs> yeah in the arm. Him and him and Han Solo die in a fiery embrace as a volcano goes off behind them. I'm guessing. Um, no, <laughs> no, that's Jurassic World. Yeah, it is. Fuck that movie. Uh, anyway, so shit. Solo, the story of uh, Han Solo, everything you ever wanted to know about Han Solo, but we're too afraid Except to ask. Except for none of the things that I wanted to know about exactly. him. Exactly. Um, so I saw this yesterday. It's relatively fresh in my mind. Um, I was not emphatically bored with it. I hated, hated Rogue One. I was so bored. I was not bored here because there were glimmers of things that I liked, but you could really see that they were working on what they had. And no amount of editing and colorful characters is going to paper over the most convoluted plot line. I was writing out the plot in my review and I was like, where we started and where we ended feels like eight different trajectories, um, you know? Uh, Alden Ehrenreich, I thought, was so afraid to to not be to not be Harrison Ford and to be Harrison Ford that his performance is just bland. Um, I every the colorful characters are there, but we know they have no bearing on the plot, so life and death mean nothing. Um, 
Donald Glover is um, my new BFF. I think he is mm-hmm. the bestest thing in the world, Space Capes. And I wanted more than 15 minutes of him. How dare you? Um, but I'm assuming that's just, you know what, that's just Donald Glover. He gets you all hot and bothered and then he leaves. And then you're like, God damn it, you. Um, and then Paul Bettany shows are up. Are you saying, Lan, are you saying that Donald Glover is a tease? Oh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. He is. He is the teasiest of teases. Um, I agree. And then Paul Bettany is the bad guy. And I really wanted more of him because it looked like he was trying to channel James Mason in North by Northwest meets Jareth the Goblin King. And I was, I was like sweaty and intrigued and I wanted more of that. And then he also went away and I was like, well, fuck this movie. What the hell? So I did not like it. I liked parts of it. If I could just get the Donald Glover scenes and the Paul Bettany scenes in one movie, um, I'd buy that. That's about 20 minutes. That's not two hours and 15, but I'm okay with that. Uh, Karen, what did you think of it? Well, I first want to say that Rogue One actually gets better with repeat watchings. There is actually a lot in it that I completely missed the first time. I still don't think it's great, but it's not the disaster I initially thought it was. Um, That being said, (laughs) this movie... um, So, I go like when they first announced they were doing it my big question everyone's big question was why why do we need this what do we need to know about Han Solo I mean we know that he's this smuggler we know that he's actually a good guy even though he kind of you know tries to not be and he ends up being a hero reluctantly and whatever and I was just like we don't need this movie about him and we get it anyway and it was as a movie it's mostly really fun like there are definitely some good some cool action scenes there that train sequence was awesome i really enjoyed that there are some really fun characters the biggest problem i had with it is that it doesn't do anything to try to answer that question of why does this movie exist it doesn't try to justify its own existence at all and I that was a problem for me because it doesn't actually it's not actually Han Solo's origin you drop in on him when he's somewhere around I guess maybe like 20 ish 21 22 somewhere around there and so then he kind of tells you a little bit about his childhood but you don't really know how much of that is even accurate and um and it also contradicted some stuff that I thought I understood about what his childhood supposedly was, but whatever, that's fine. Um, but it doesn't answer certain questions. Like all of a sudden he, he, you know, he runs into Chewie and he's able to not get his arms ripped off by Chewbacca because he knows Wookiee. Okay, why would he possibly know how to speak Wookiee? There's nothing in, in his time on the first planet where we join him where you could see anything about why he would ever have had any contact with anyone who speaks Wookiee to be able to obviously have this between baby driver as covercraft car <laughs> races and living in Blade Runner town <laughs> and speaking to fish woman okay uh, he knew <laughs> Wookiee yeah but that's one of the right but that's one of those things where it's like that very easily could have been fixed by simply having a fucking Wookiee somewhere on the planet. 
you didn't even have to talk to them. Just seeing that they were that a couple of them were around the would have been like, oh, okay. Like, oh, like, those yeah. are my friends, the Johnsons. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I mean, you Bob do Johnson learn in, in the context. <laughs> Sean Valdez. Played um, by Steven Spielberg's dad. <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, but no, that's the thing, like, they, they have this whole explanation about how at some point the Empire had come in and like rounded up all the Wookiees and a lot of them were kind of you know enslaved and whatever. Han's on a planet of slaves. It would have made sense to have had some of them there. It's so simple to have fixed that little stupid problem and it just annoyed me. So it was little details like that where it's like this happens but there's no context for it. It just drove me crazy. And the, the movie was full of those and I'm sorry, Amelia Clark. She's fantastic in Game of Thrones. I love her in that show, but I have not liked her in anything else. She needs to fire her agent because she does. She really does. Mm -hmm. Playing the gun mall double crossing girlfriend. Oh my gosh. I was just so. And I'm sorry, but you know what? Her name is Kira with a K, like Dark Crystal. Okay, don't give me (laughs) some weird fucking apostrophe and a Q in there, okay? I No. It's no. like how Mormons like to spell their kids' names all weird. It's a big thing in Utah. Like, oh, my baby's name is Michaela. M-I-Q-U-E-L-L. No, nope. <laughs> nope. hard pass. It's like, oh my gosh, stop it. Just stop. Like, it doesn't matter how it's spelled. It matters what we hear. Ugh, sorry. Cam, what about you? I, I'm kind of, I was... I struggled with this one. It watching it through, I, it was fun. I mean, I you know there were parts I enjoyed. It's, uh, I think I said in my review, you know, this could have been a steaming, steaming hot mess dumpster fire, and it it wasn't quite there. I mean, because I stood huddled with a few people afterwards and we were trying to figure it out and it was just for me it fell flat I mean there were there were the fun sequences there were the you know there were the cute characters I mean and I actually I've defended Alden Ehrenreich and I you know I didn't mind his performance at all I thought he did you know to me that is setting a young actor up for failure to basically say okay you're Harrison Ford go and I thought he did everything he could um, my sticking point was the women in that movie. Yeah, Come, those those who aren't dead. <laughs> exactly. Well, first of all, <laughs> to continue knocking poor Amelia Clark, who yes needs to fire her damn agent because I mean she is so great as Khaleesi, but then they keep trying to throw her into these. Oh look, she's a spunky female character parts, and in this, I don't they. I don't think the I don't think the writers knew what the hell they wanted her to be, to have it go from you know she was and I think th- the words I used in my review she was a combination damsel in distress girl next door space prostitute femme fatale. Well, that's the thing is that they they're really unclear about what they want to do with her, and so like we Lord and I just talked about gun crazy yesterday right before yeah. I saw I saw the movie, and so when it's it's. Kira and and Han talking about oh they're gonna get a ship and they're gonna go out to the galaxy I was like oh so they're just the mad lovers on the run and then of course that ends very quickly and he goes off into the army and what does she do she mentions there's human trafficking going on and she's got some sort of weird like brand on her wrist and you're like oh so she's just some sort of like kept whore 
But we never say well, she's a whore. We don't well, want to say that. It not even turn that out to pissed, be that either. That pissed so me off like, because they, I think at one point, Paul Bettany calls her his lieutenant. It's like bullshit, Ron Howard. You're I like, mean, really? How? Bullshit, how, be. I mean. I'm, I'm pretty sure it, if you're, if you're fucking each other, it's not, it's, it titles mean nothing. She was a space whore. Call her that, Disney. That's exactly what she was. They didn't even try to hide it. Except and, for that there was other stuff to that character, but they got it so convoluted that it's really hard to suss out what what it is exactly her role is supposed to be. Yeah, they, they bring up they that she's know committed. She was, clearly. Right. They bring yeah. up that she's committed to somebody, and you're like, I don't know what that means in this world, though. Is that indentured exactly. servitude? Is that, is that prostitution? Like, what does that mean? Do you just really, do you own some money? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and they don't define that at all, and yeah. And let's I mean, just say, they, there's 15 years age difference between her and Paul Bettany, by the way. I mean, and okay. so a couple a couple other points. How can you waste Tandy Newton? Uh, that, oh, that pissed me that off. That pissed, pissed me off. Tandy <laughs> Newton's in the marketing of the movie. I just saw a preview yeah. where she's in it, and I was like, that's the first 10 minutes of the movie. And even in the couple of minutes that she's in, she doesn't have anything to do. No, she's it's... she's the girl. She's she's uh, Woody Harrelson's girlfriend. And then when exactly. she dies, he's like, eh, well, you know, we weren't really that close. Exactly. Like, he's not broken up about yeah. that. He's just like, like then, you gotta, you gotta just cut your losses. Well, same and then with... Lando's awesome droid, who oh, was Phoebe Waller-Bridge. same treatment. And then that bullshit, well, shallow way they tried to send it off, putting her in the ship, I thought was stupid and insulting because never in the other versions have they even mentioned something. I, like I don't remember them cannibalizing C-3PO or R2-D2 uh-uh. for parts. Well, I think that Karen, Kim and I talked about this, uh, Karen and I talked about this earlier, like, these characters, we don't know who they are, they're around for about five minutes and then they die. And you're like, okay, well, I can't really mourn their loss because I don't know them. Right. And you brought up... And the characters that do know them aren't mourning their loss. So it's like, well, what am I supposed to do now? Well, Lando was a little bummed. Yeah. It goes along with this film having absolutely no dramatic stakes. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, you can do cute, quirky references on making the Kessel Run and, you know, 20 parsecs. Oh, I can do it in 12. Ha ha. That doesn't make a script. And they were trying to hinge together a script on the cute little callbacks, which, yeah, made it really fun, but that doesn't make a movie. Well, Kim- The Kessel Run confused me. Yeah, I was like- I did not understand what was going on. Uh, it was really hard to follow the, the visuals of it. There was just too much in that sequence, and then I didn't really understand what it was they were trying to accomplish. I knew they needed to get to that other planet quickly to drop off the cargo, but I didn't. It took me a long time to realize that they had to get through that little space. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't understand that. Well, yeah. and so when they're talking about this twelve parsec thing, I was like, "Where?" I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet that said that this movie proves it's a it's a uh, uh, distance, not time. And I was like, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell the difference there at all. Uh, well, well, and to show how messy structurally this must have been. So, Paul Bettany was the lead villain, right? Yes. He was, yeah. they didn't bring him in until the Ron Howard yep. cast him. 
So what hot mess was this movie before they... Well, it was... Um, they must have completely restructured it. Well, no, it was originally... Who was it? It was... Um, yeah, they recast that part. That it was recast. It was, oh, is that um, what it was? It was a recast? Uh-huh. It was a recast because they couldn't get the actor back to do the stuff. It, it, I think there was controversy over who it was. I'm trying to figure out... It was Michael K. Williams was, a, was the oh, original yeah. character. Um, and they couldn't get him back to do the plot, so they, they got Paul Bettany. I was like, wow, they replaced the black guy with a white Englishman. That's not controversial <laughs> at all. Um, yeah, and, not and complaining yeah. now, though. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I'm almost tempted to... I mean, to, it worked out, but yeah. <laughs> I tempt, I want to know like what the difference was between the performances if, if there was more scenes. Because, yeah, the movie sets up this first half... You're introduced to Lady Proxima, who they have in the opening credits as the villain, which he's in it for literally about two minutes. And then we have this other thing, and then we get Paul Bettany and these, like, child warriors and marginalized soldiers that show up. And and then that leads to, like, you're thinking of the opening of a bigger plot, and then the movie ends. And you're like, God, this movie feels like it's two hours and 15 minutes, but I, I seriously was like, there's another hour of story somewhere on, on the floor, isn't there? You know that Alden Ehrenreich was contracted for three movies, right? That that would pro- okay. They could probably they could easily just use footage. I'm assuming from this movie and make another one. Um, <laughs> they probably could. It would make just as much sense. But yeah, no, they they contracted him for three movies. They clearly from this intend there to be a sequel since it didn't end after he had had his run in with Jabba. Jabba is mentioned in the movie but never shows up. And then there's that whole thing with Amelia Clark. And we're doing spoilers, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So then Darth Maul shows up. My with Kristen, friend, you don't know me? anything about that because you didn't. Yeah. Yes. My friend tried to tell me. My friend tried to tell me that's not Darth Maul. No, it is that because is Darth, Darth Maul. Maul was apparently re- was apparently in the freaking animated series Star Wars Rebels. Yes. They apparently rescued him and revived him. See, and that was a large topic of discussion after our screening because we were like, how the hell? The oh, Yeah, the only thing I can figure is, yeah, I heard, I think it was, yeah, it was Rebels who did it and something about giving him a, you know, automated apparently lower also half shows of his up body in, or something. Yeah, I guess he shows up again in Clone Wars too, that, that uh, other animated series. But yeah, that's my biggest problem with this movie is that you're bringing in something that people will not understand unless they've seen the animated series. And you can't expect your viewers, most of your viewers, to have watched those. I've never watched any of them. I watched one episode of Rebels because I went to a screening and took my nephew. And and there was nothing about Darth Maul in that one. And yeah, you just you can't do that to people. It's disingenuous, especially if you're not going to offer any sort of explanation. And like Clayton called me, uh, Clayton from Award Circuit, he called me the the day that he saw it, and I hadn't seen it yet. But he's just like, I think they fucked up with the timeline, or they're just throwing out the prequels altogether. And when I saw it and was talking to someone afterwards and found out what had happened, I called him and I was just like, No, I don't think they're they're throwing out the prequels. And he's like. Well, I know that he shows up in the cartoon because someone told me, but I don't know. Maybe they're just ignoring the prequels. And that's part of the problem is we don't know which way they're going with this. Well, and also the problem that I have is Amelia Clark is supposedly poised to be some sort of lead villainess. And right. none of that comes off in any of the before. Like, if you're going to set up your, your female as a, a villain, 
you really need to have a way to watch that movie later and be able to tell that villainy is like under the surface. You don't get that at all. No. From her character. Right. And also, if she's this big badass villain who works and gets trained by Darth Maul and is like a Sith whatever. She's an apprentice by the sound of it. Why does nobody know about Han Solo and this past and his connection to her? Because clearly he's going to have to face her. Yep, I just wanted Paul Bettany in his space coat, in his tight pants. Um, The problem with these backstories is that they are ruining the original stories. Well, yeah, because we already know where we've been. And now you're trying to fill in gaps that nobody needs. Like, that just shoes, like, puts you into a corner. Like, my, the thing I have to bring up that that pissed me off, and I knew we were in for a long sit, is, and I told Karen this over the phone, there, it has the worst name reveal this side of Dark Knight Rises. And there's a scene, and I, I'm just going to describe it, because this is exactly how it plays out. There's is a this scene. how Solo gets his name? How Solo gets his name? Yeah. It wasn't the fact that his parents were just Mr. and Mrs. Solo. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> That's bullshit. Yeah, that's that special. bullshit reveal. He's special. He needs yeah. to have a different last name that was created for him out of his, his sad turmoil as a hot youth. So he goes to join the army to be a pilot, and the guy's like, what's your name? And he's like, Han. He's like are you with any uh, are you do you have people who's and he's people? like yeah who's your people i have none and the guy's like solo no 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 you don't get to say that's how his last name happened they could have called him han alone and it could have been home at home alone spoof okay <laughs> like no they're solo no no why couldn't it have just been his fucking last name we don't need to know how he got it, okay? We don't care. I mean, I did like that that Lando Calrissian's whole joke is mispronouncing his name, um, yes. but but mm-hmm. I did not need the solo. Say, uh, I've never. Have you guys looked at any of your friends? And be like, you know, I really want to know how Han Solo's last name is Solo. Like, what's up with that? Like. Yeah. Karen, you can't just ask people why their last name is Solo, okay? <laughs> yeah, I was I was so pissed. This is the first movie for me that has truly felt like is truly felt like Disney overload. It felt like I could f- practically see the checklist as I was watching it. I'm going, "Okay, the the fan service checklist." You know, okay, Han getting the Millennium Falcon, check. Han meeting Chewbacca, you know, check. It's even, and the train sequence was well done, but as I was sitting there watching it, I I leaned over to the girl next to me and said, and this will be a ride in 10 years. Mm -hmm. It just, it felt so much, it's felt completely mechanical you couldn't feel the heart behind it it just felt like one fan servicey reference after another just to bring in a buck okay but so lauren what do you think <laughs> i haven't seen it so <laughs> i know are you excited to go so, see it now that we've man, talked about it she's like, like oh you guys talked me into I'm it just like i'm like man i'm just gonna go out and get my tickets and go this no i mean i i, I think i said this earlier i this is one of the few, like, all of the Star Wars movies that have come out, despite my general reservations, like, I liked The Last Jedi. I liked Rogue One. Uh, I liked Force Awakens. I thought it was fine. I enjoyed going to them. This is just one where I'm like, it's not so much that I want to hate it. I'm just like, I don't care. I don't mm-hmm. care about this movie. I don't care about the character. Like, I, 
And I love Han Solo, but I love Han Solo as played by Harrison Ford. And part of the reason why I love him is because of the relationships that he exists in. I don't really care, like, where he came from. He, he's a smuggler. Like, that's all that I need to know about mm -hmm. him. He's a roguish smuggler. Yep. We get all of the information that we need about him within his introduction in, um, in A New Hope. And, and he has a wonderful arc throughout the three, particularly the, the three original films. Uh, what, why do I need to see his backstory? Just, I don't, I don't care. I will go see this if it's the only other thing in the cinema. Mm -hmm. I will. I mean, will maintain this movie just proved to me that Paul Bettany's wasting himself in those Avengers movies, and he needs to get hot again and like be a villain all the time. Preferably, <laughs> I found myself missing Ben Mendelsohn. Oh, dude, <laughs> just give me that's a movie. Give me Ben Mendelsohn being evil, Paul Bettany being evil together with their space capes. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about it, they would have at some point probably existed at the same time like maybe I, Mendelssohn's character trained Bettany's character I would watch that movie Disney. I would watch Take the shit Kathleen. out of that movie okay <laughs> and I'm just saying Greenlight a sequel to Labyrinth I know I've been saying it would never work ever but Paul Bettany could totally pull that off okay I'm supporting this I'm, I'm supporting this I'm willing to ignore some of his obvious flaws but but yeah support it um, but we don't like Solo so any final thoughts before we close this out? I just want to reiterate that I didn't hate Solo, and I actually did think it was fun. It was just completely unnecessary, and parts of it were really aggravating. But it's not something that I felt miserable watching. So. And I, I said it was fun, too, but man, why? <laughs> yeah, um, I, yeah. I'm, I'm of the team that it sucks. Just flat out sucks. Um, yeah, but, but you don't like Joy, so. I, I like space capes, though. I like space capes. <laughs> I like space capes and Donald Glover, preferably. In Notice she didn't argue when they said she doesn't like Joy. <laughs> it depends on where the Joy is coming I from. Be, well, that's, she, that she, sounded really wrong. We've established um, she called Rogue One crap, too, and that has Ben Mendelsohn in a cape. Yeah, but yeah. Ben Mendelsohn we know only makes bad movies, so <laughs> he needs he's False. another one he needs to fire his agent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and Rogue One had Diego Luna, which I call when you can't get Oscar Isaac, you get Diego Luna. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> so yeah. He's low rent. He's like the low he's, rent he's, Oscar Isaac. He's the discount Oscar Isaac, okay? <laughs> um so that's going to close out our special Star Wars-centric, solo-based uh, episode for Patreon. Um, if you like this episode uh, and you want to see more, uh, keep continuing to support us and give us your money because we appreciate it. Um, you can reach out to us with suggestions for episodes, things you want us to talk about by uh, leaving us an email at citizendamepod at gmail.com, visiting us on Twitter at citizendamepod, um, you can also download the regular episodes of Citizen Dame at citizendame.podbean.com or iTunes, or you can listen via Spotify. Either way, if there's an opportunity to rate and review, please do so, because, uh, we like those. Um, and also future Patreon stuff that we're hoping to, uh, to get to in the, the coming months. We do know about our Suicide Squad, uh, live riff. We're gonna be doing that soon, as well as... A special Sicario live riff, which is going to happen um, in the, the coming months. And also, if we hit $45, we're $5 away, I will review the final six Josh Brolin movies that I have to watch, including the 1980s film Thrashin', which sounds atrocious. 
but I don't. Yeah. So um, if you do, you want to tell them our new uh our new limit, our new goal. Our new goal, which again, if you have friends, <laughs> wealthy benefactors, we'd love a daddy Warbucks of our very own. Um, it, Karen has said if we hit five hundred dollars, that is five zero zero. She will. We will do a live riff of the Social Network, a movie that Karen hates. With the fire of a thousand burning suns. Um, <laughs> I hate it so much that I said I will never watch it again. Ever. Mean, meanwhile, du- double the So hammer, for $500, exactly. I will watch it. <laughs> How can you turn your nose up at two hammers? Okay, God. Um, the answer's in the question. <sighs> you know... Speaking of people that hate joy, okay, I'm stuck yeah. watching. I'm stuck watching thrashing for your entertainment. But Karen's the one who's gonna turn her nose with the social network. Yeah, you guys, you guys both hate joy. It's just you hate different kinds of joy. That's all. Um, no, the reason I hate the social network is because I love joy. <laughs> not cool. Not not cool. That's very existential, um, Sarah. I gotta think about that one. That's very yeah. That's very uh, that's very nihilist right there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yes. Yeah, so uh, if you have friends that you think would be interested in supporting us, please tell please tell them to do so. We uh, will be offering more of these Patreon exclusive episodes uh, in the coming months. So giving you plenty of bang for your buck. Um, as always, you can reach out to us individually. I am on Twitter at journeys underscore film karen where are you i am at karen m peterson and lauren i am at lh business and kim at kpier624 and don't forget to visit our official website citizendamepod.com where we do our regular top fives as well as uh reviews and other fun stuff so Hopefully uh, we didn't ruin your Star Wars love too frequently, but uh, we will be back with a regular episode uh, in the next couple of days. Until then, we are the Citizen Dames, and we're signing out. Bye. Here's some money. Go see a Star Wars.